Hello, and welcome back to Serial Bowls. Patrick, how are we doing today? Feeling pretty good. we got a good weekend uh, ahead of us here with, some, I think, five, four or five uh, top 25 matchups. Um, we still hate the College Football Committee. Um, yep, bozos. Bozos galore there. Um, so, there's some, it's Wednesday, so we're recording a little bit on a different day right now. Um, there is some match on right now. Um, Northern Illinois is taking on Ball State in what is a battle for the first place in the Mac West. What I also found out, and this goes back to last week's episode about crazy rivalry trophies, they're playing for the bronze stalk. It just looks like three pieces of wheat just on top of a rectangle. (laughs) It's incredible. Um, I will be adding that to maybe the show description or something, just so everyone can get a glimpse of this. I've just sent it over to Patrick. I mean, just look at this thing. That looks like the dumbest. That is the dinkiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the sort of like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So that right off the bat, I'm feeling good. Um, all right. Let, let, let's get into the week that was the only ranked unranked matchup. Um, it got the three thirty SEC CBS slot. Uh, Texas A&M 20, Auburn 3. This game was awful. Yeah, Bo Nix, you're a goddamn fraud, buddy. I mean, come on now. It, there, it there was, was, wait, was there any um, offensive touchdowns in this game? I don't think there were. There were not. There were no <laughs> offensive touchdowns, and the teams combined to go 7 for 29 on third downs. Yeah. That, like you said, I'm pretty Bo glad Nix, I missed this one. Bo Nix was 153 yards. Less than four yards in attempts, two turnovers, sacked four times. Uh, and listen, AM's got a good defense. You know, they do. They have not have, they have say they defense. You got to be out there for 200 yards, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was looking at this earlier. Uh, the Aggies' defense, their stop rate is 80, about 81% on 113 drives, and they average only like a point per drive. I think that's like number four in the nation. Yeah. So, I mean, they were facing a tough challenge. But Bo Nix cost him this game. Uh, he was terrible. Um, he had a pick, and then he had that fumble that was recovered for a touchdown. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you take away those turnovers, Auburn might have been able to win this football game, but yeah, they played pretty poorly. Yeah, they really did. Um, and, I, you know, I said last week, the key to the game for Auburn is, is can Tank Bigsby get going? Um, and he didn't have a terrible day. 15 carries, four and a half per carry, but – his long was 11, um, and you know, he only ran for 69 yards. They they just couldn't quite get him going yeah. um, in a way that – I mean, even if he broke a few 15, 20-yard runs, maybe that opens the offense up a little bit, takes a little pressure off Bo Nix. But when you know you've just got Bo Nix back there, bad Bo Nix, um, just running around acting a fool, it makes it a little easier on defense. Yeah, and, you know, the Auburn Tigers also have a pretty good defense as well. Um, they also were able to contain, for the most part, uh, A&M's running game, which they like to do to get away from letting Calzada throw it on you. Um, you know, Isaiah Spiller had 112 yards, and their uh, backup, Davon uh, Ashane, I think is his name. Uh, yeah. He was 10 for 98 with a nice, long 68-yard run. But yeah. other than that, other than that long run, they did a pretty, pretty good job containing what they could on offense. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, Calzada wasn't much better. Um, but what AM did, he didn't get sacked at all. They only yeah. allowed four tackles for a loss, so they really 
set him up <clears throat> for success in a way that Bo Nix wasn't. Um, and I guess needs to be. Um, so, yeah, I guess the less said about that game, the better. It was it was a slog. That was a tough game to watch. Um, on the complete opposite side, North Carolina 58, Wake Forest 55. There was just no defense in this game. Yeah, uh, tackling optional. Yeah, um, points. It was like I would wager Wake Forest basketball – We'll have a few games where they score less than Wake Forest football did here. Yeah, uh, fun fact about this game, uh, UNC allowed 55 points, which is the most they've ever allowed in a win. And that broke a record that was set last year against Wake Forest, <laughs> 53 points. Is this, I mean, this is starting to become the best rivalry in the country in terms of just pure entertainment value? Yeah, who cares about that Duke football program? Yeah, something to put in the tickler file. Um, Hartman for Wake Forest. Um, he had only, a valiant day. He had a valiant only day. threw for 398 um, and just had seven touchdowns. No big deal. No big deal, but he also was like 51% completion or something. Yeah, they were slinging that thing. Actually, I mean, probably less than that. He, all right, so Wake Forest had 39 carries and he threw the ball 51 times. They're, <clears throat> they were going nuts. Yeah. A 25 completions for 398 yards is nuts. That's that's insane to me. Deep balls only, folks. Yeah, I mean, A.T. Perry, six catches, 129, over 20 yards a carry, or a catch and two touchdowns. They were, I mean, they had five different receivers average over double digits per catch. And they were just slinging that thing. And yeah. basically it was Hartman's turnovers that, let I mean like basically this was like a tennis match or something. Someone had a break serve and Hartman's pick finally did it uh, mm-hmm. for North Carolina and they were, and they were able to hang on. Um, yeah, I mean there was a point where Wake Forest had this game in hand. They were up by eighteen yeah. in the third quarter, I think, and uh, UNC was able to come back. I mean Sam Howell played pretty well too. Uh, he was like eighteen for twenty six, two hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown. And he also was pretty damn good on the ground, 21 for 104 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, he is big. He's I, a big dude. When they played Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, um, that's what I really noticed was um, he could really – he can really, like, take the punishment um, for his size. And, and so that was really impressive. And, and, and then, I mean, Ty Chandler, 213 yards, um, four touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is about this year, but I feel like running backs are going off this season. Yeah, it's it's um, it's um, a good year to be a running back right now. Yeah, so this game was great, and it was a weirdly non-conference game. So Wake Forest is still in very in good control. Yeah, yeah to, to, win, to win their division and, and probably win the ACC and, and make the Orange Bowl. But I think this about does it for their playoff hopes. Yeah, uh, but no chance. There is absolutely no shame in being eight and one. Um, yeah, absolutely not. And, and a down down year for the ACC might as well be the year. I mean, this is a, this is probably the best start, best time the Wake Forest has had playing football since they started playing football. Like it's been a very long time since they've been this good. So they're you know they should be happy and proud that uh, they can have a really good chance of winning the ACC. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think even with a loss to Clemson, they're still in the driver's seat. So um, if they just take care of business elsewhere, um, starting this weekend with NC State, which we'll get to, um, they should be feeling good. Yeah. Next game, oof, 
talk about a, a, a team. Purdue spoiler makers. Unbelievable. These guys are nuts. I, like they really pull it out uh, when, when they need to. Purdue 40, Michigan State 29. Uh, this Purdue offense was going crazy. Aiden O'Connell crazy. was nuts. He was he had uh, just under 10 yards of completion, three touchdowns. They were dialing it up. I think we had some sort of triple pass. Yeah, they had a they had a triple flea flicker. Yeah. Um, they I mean they pulled every damn stop out of the book to beat the Michigan State. And I mean props on them. They they exposed a very weak link of Michigan State secondary and they just fed the damn ball to David Bell who went 11 for 217 and one touchdown who was the best player on the field by far. That kid's and, a stud. Purdue was able to not only put a wrench a few weeks ago in Iowa in the uh, West plans, but they put a wrench in the Big Ten East plans with knocking Michigan State off. He, <clears throat> looking at his stats right now, he already has a thousand yards That's this insane. year. That's insane. Um, I mean, just like in the in the Iowa game, he over two hundred yards, eleven catches and a touchdown. I mean, that's. You know, I, I'm no, I'm no football coach, but that seems to be the key right there is is don't let David Bell kill you. But Michigan State couldn't figure it out. On, on the flip side, you know, Kenneth Walker, maybe not the Heisman favorite anymore. He had a good day. I mean, over six yards uh, of carry and a touchdown. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. The he, Michigan performance, but I've been I've been reading about um, <clears throat> Heisman voting after this weekend, and he's he, he's still the favorite um, right mm-hmm. now. Surprisingly, but I, I um he what he won one of one thirty six in a touchdown I think yeah I mean that's that's pretty good I mean that's probably the only bright spot for Michigan State Saturday but um, I guess I guess for him that's a bad day yeah but yeah Peyton Thorn I mean Purdue got up early and Michigan State couldn't kind of rely on that rushing attack and Walker to get them back into it and Thorn just wasn't good enough and maybe he just isn't good enough to really bring a team back like that. Um, he is only a sophomore, so maybe he can grow into it, but his, his inexperience was, was exposed this weekend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Purdue was 11 for 18 on third down. Um, mm. That will win you the game alone. Most times, nine out of 10 times, probably um, just, they couldn't, you know, Michigan State defense couldn't get him off the field. Um, their quarterback went off 40 for they threw 40 passes, or I'm sorry, 54 passes, completed 40 of them for 536 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, I, uh, they might have a chance coming up here uh, this weekend against Ohio State, but we'll get into that later. But now Purdue has 17 wins against top five teams and has six more than anyone else in the country. That, I mean, that's truly insane. And, and, and I think at this point you have to say they have a pretty good chance to win the Big Ten West. I mean, hell, anything's possible. Yeah, right. Right now, we've we've got a four way tie for first in the Big Ten West. Um, everyone's four and two. They have the tiebreaker over uh, Iowa. They don't have it over Minnesota or Wisconsin. So maybe they're behind the eight ball a little bit. But I mean, after this Ohio State game, which might not go so great for them, they end the year with North- Northwestern and Indiana. So mm-hmm. I think we're looking at an eight win team here. You could. Is Purdue the pit of the Big Ten? I kind of think they are. I think, yes. They're charging up the super weapon. Yeah, they're charging up the super weapon. They unleash it on somebody unsuspecting, and then they get blown up by Illinois a couple weeks down the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So kind of like a big picture question. Do you think this Michigan State loss actually sort of hurts Cincinnati? That's a, that's a listener question from our friend Marshall. Um, If I had to answer by, for myself, you know, no, I don't think it really does. But if I answer as a college football playoff committee member, yes. Anything ruins Cincinnati's chances to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Our friend Tyler asked, like, you know, why are they keeping Cincinnati out of the top four? And it's it, – you can just kind of all boil it down to this is for the big boys. Yeah, uh, it's like that uh, Dave Chappelle uh, quote, because fuck them. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they just don't – they don't want um, anyone to shake up their sort of uh, cartel, so to speak. Right. Um, and, like, it's tough this year because Cincinnati hasn't looked very good. They didn't look very good this weekend. Um, and then even if they do make the playoff, they'll probably get vaporized by Georgia. Yeah. But so will everyone. I mean, as a fan of a team that's made the playoff twice and gotten murdered both times, like, there's a big drop-off between second best and fourth best or third best and fourth best uh, sometimes. So... And it, it, it doesn't matter if they get blown out or anything. It, it's a big deal for a team to make the the final four. It's it's huge, right. like national attention wise. Um, I don't know if they get paid. I th- I don't know. Maybe only the champions do, but you get a lot of revenue coming in if you get that kind of exposure. So yeah, you know, a team like Cincinnati makes it. That goes a long way for a G five team. And it, and I I think actually how it works is you get the conference gets a check. I think so. This would help a lot of G5 teams all at once, getting the huge cash influx um, that they could, you know, then turn into better facilities, which helps with recruiting or more coaching staff salary. Um, so it, it's a big deal, and they don't want anyone getting in on their party. Right. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it is a reality. However, I'm still holding out hope. <clears throat> we'll get a little chaos. And we'll see the Bearcats in January. Yeah. Our next game was another just awful game. Alabama 20, LSU 14. Is this, and and not to get all mad again, uh, this is the number two team in the country? No, it's not. It's just, uh, this is a, it's just a team that's going places in the rankings just on name recognition and brand alone. Uh, Yeah. Forget about performance, apparently. And, and normally, I think I can buy you trust Alabama, even if they have a loss. Um, we've seen plenty of Alabama teams in the past with, with a loss, and then they just, like, crush everyone the rest of the way. And you say, I, I don't love it, maybe, but I, I get it. Um, but this team is just not very good. No, I mean, the, it, when you're a 28 28- and a half point favorite against a very, very downtrodden LSU team that's four and four with a lame duck coach, and you could barely squeak out a win. That's not yeah. good. Uh, ton, tons of injuries for LSU as well. Alabama could not run the ball. Um, they ran for 18, or Brian Robinson Jr., their starter, ran for 18 yards. Yeah. The, and they aver- they only had six in the end, six total rushing yards from sacks. Um, yeah, that brought that number down, but it, six rushing yards for a top three team. Um, 
not good. I mean, and this is the kind. It. This is the kind of game where we all like. This is the recalibration game for Alabama. Here they come. They're off a bye. They have a chance to blow the doors off LSU, and they come out flat. It's just not a good look at all. No, and yeah, I, yeah, this game was tough, and and LSU had a chance at the end. They really, I mean, maybe not. I don't think Max Johnson is that good. Yeah, it was like a slow death. You yeah, know, for like the last fifteen minutes, we're like, here we go, here we go. And yeah, like, nope, they suck. Nope, they suck. Yeah, but I mean, the hell, they they went for it in this game. Uh, they, I mean, they went all out. LSU went for it on the fourth down seven times, and they converted five times. But yeah. the two times that did not convert were the big ones that mattered. That uh, strip sack of um, Bryce Young, that they had a chance to take the lead and yeah. turn it over on downs, and then a reverse fumble call of Mac Johnson, and that completely just like sucked the momentum out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess I credit to Bama's defense for at least uh, they're the reason they won this game. I mean, I- I'm convinced if Will Anderson um, didn't play the linebacker for Alabama, they wouldn't have won this game. Yeah, he was he was awesome. He's yeah. good, um, and I think that's the benefit of being Alabama is even if you don't play your best, you have someone like Will Anderson um, to bail you out. Frankly, right? Um, he had a sack and a half, four tackles for a loss, pass breakup, two quarterback hurries. He was everywhere. It seemed like every time Johnson snapped the ball, Will Anderson was in his lap. Yeah, um, it was. It was it was honestly like really a, a fun individual performance to watch that you don't necessarily see all the time, um, especially in modern college football. The linebackers aren't really the the playmakers so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like we said at the beginning of the year, this is a throwback year for some reason. Um, defense is back, linebackers are back. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> elsewhere. Another top team that just did not look very good. Ohio State 26, Nebraska 17. This game was terrible. Yeah, uh, classic Ohio State playing with our food again kind of game. Um, uh, uh, I'm convinced that C.J. Stroud is not really a playmaker. Um, he, he he can throw it deep. He can, you know – He's very he's a very good passer, but whenever like the pocket breaks down, he just never has been able to seem what to do. Like he can't extend the play well. Um <clears throat> it's they're 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 a very, very talented offensively, where that's not really a problem, I would say, because they could just run the damn ball with Travion Henderson, because they probably have the best O-line in the country. Um <clears throat> but I mean when you can I guess what it's not really a knock. I don't. What I'm trying to say, I guess, is you expect better from a team like Ohio State, especially. I mean, they they've got to the top four now, right? With uh, Michigan State losing, it's another like. It's just weird how we have these teams two, three, and four, five, six that just are nowhere near number one. Like they they just aren't. There's a lot of flaws. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it it is very strange. And if Nebraska had any talent on offense, um, I think they would have won the game. Um, they turned Ohio State over a few times. Um, they were aggressive. Um, they wanted to be better, but they just didn't quite have the athletes. Um, plus going – I mean, they, they found themselves in good situations the entire game. Um, and then you just turn around and go two for 13 on third down. You can't win. Yeah, that. no. Well, I mean, Nebraska is the best 3-7 team in the country. Good That's right. Them. 
Yeah. Uh, they should not be three and seven, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they've outscored Big Ten opponents, a Big Ten opponents, one ninety to one seventy six, and they are <clears throat> one and six in the Big Ten in those matchups. Yeah. Um, it's just <clears throat> we'll get into this later about firing coaches, but I, I'm not really feeling Scott Frost right now. They could have the, the, when you're when you're going against Ohio State, a big team. And you're gonna go kick a field goal instead of trying to get points on touchdowns, and you miss those field goal. It's a coward move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just there's classic um, crap from these coaches. You try, you know, they think they're so smart. Um, elsewhere in the top four, this this the score doesn't look very pretty in this game, um, but Oregon controlled this one pretty easily. I think the whole yeah. way through, they beat Washington twenty six to sixteen. In a classic Seattle rainstorm, um, it was raining, raining. Yeah, um, it was kind of like a bar fight in this one. Um, I think the big storyline about this game is head coach Jimmy Lake apparently, well, striked um, one of his linebackers in this game, and he's been suspended without pay for a week. Um, it wasn't that bad if you watch the video. Uh, I don't think he was trying to punch his team, his uh, player in the face. Uh, I think this he got the moment got the best of him. Um, yeah, I, I I mean it it's it, it's like a four on the on the football. Coach. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not, not great. He shouldn't have done it. Um, but I I think it was really illuminating. This school Washington wants to fire him. Oh yeah, they they want him out. Uh, yeah. it, it's pretty funny how he emphasized all week about poise. Yeah, and then does that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the school trot out the lawyer language real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and Washington was terrible in this game. They were. They were. They were pretty bad. I mean, Dylan Morris, hundred and eleven yards. <clears throat> um, I, I again, I'm no, I'm no expert here, but uh, right. that's bad. See, they had so many drives that they had a drives that started two times in the forty-five and the forty-three, and they punted on all those drives. <laughs> They had an interception on a drive starting in the 40, and they had a drive starting in midfield that resulted in a turnover on downs. So they had all the chances to win this game, and they just can't do it because they're bad. Yeah, I mean, 166 total yards. Um, what are we doing? I mean, mm-hmm. it was um, – <laughs> I mean, and then, and then the cherry on top was they lined up to punt, of course, uh-huh. in the fourth quarter, and, and the center – or the snapper sent it, it indicated right over, yeah, right over his head. It was such a high snap. I could not believe it. And, you know, like I said, the score wasn't very illustrative of this, but Oregon had 427 total yards and their post game win expectancy was over 99%. Um, I mean, yeah, they just seemed to start putting the ball in the end zone. Um, Travis, I was, was very good. Um, Brown wasn't spectacular, but I, I think the weather played a bit of a factor in that for him. Um, but I guess my one big question is, is Oregon good, or are they just kind of in this middle-class slosh we kind of find the whole season in? <clears throat> All right, so to expand on that, I believe Oregon is good, but I do not believe that they are top four good um, or top eight good, in my opinion. I mean – SP plus has them 15th offensively and 30th on defense. Um, I do yeah. not think that's good enough to be classified as a CFP team. 
Um, <clears throat> there's a also another thing that Bill Colony of ESPN has been doing is resume SP plus. Yeah. Rankings where it puts teams actual results and what a top five team would do with that in terms of the game they played. And Oregon ranks 25th on mm. that. So that means yeah. that their current resume is just them running on that Ohio State win and they have not shown any top they have not shown any top team or top five team capable play since then. Yeah. Um yeah, they're just not it feels like they're almost there and they, they they can have like a quarter or two where you're like, damn, this team is really good. But yeah. I mean that Stanford loss looks worse and worse by the week. Um, I, th- I think they'd be a lot better with their better quarterback. Um, yeah, and, I was I they, was look, looking at stats of Anthony Brown, and he ranks like fiftieth fiftieth to sixtieth in like every category from like passing yards, average yards per throw, touchdowns. It's he's not that great. Yeah, and they have that five star freshman who, from what I remember reading, they gave every opportunity to win the job in, in the summer, right. uh, and he just couldn't take that next step. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think it's, I mean, it's probably a little too late now. Yeah. I think maybe that might've been, maybe that, that would have, that would really be helpful now. Mm. Um, we'll see. Okay. Some quick hits. Um, a team that did not play with their food. My Notre Dame fighting Irish 34, <laughs> Navy six. Um, I know it's veterans day, but we don't respect the troops here and neither did Notre Dame. Um, this was nasty beating. Yeah, they seem to be the only like top ten team that handled their business other than Georgia, but uh, they did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, um, I've seen so many deranged rock fights in this matchup over the years. Uh, and the first quarter started out exactly like that. Navy was up three nothing. Notre Dame couldn't get anything going on offense, and I said, "Oh no, I've been down this road before." But right, right, they, they straightened it out a little bit. Um, so, I, and I saw yesterday on the bottom line that. ESPN says Notre Dame has a twenty percent chance to make the playoff. Yeah, if they win out, they have a pretty damn good. I mean, a good enough resume, I think. But... I say again, please don't put us in there. I don't want to play. <laughs> please, <laughs> that'd us, be a fun let... matchup to watch together. Uh, it would be you. I. I mean, I'd go, us... go easy on you. I'd, I'd just sit there and be like, yeah, yeah, that just happened. Sorry, man. Yeah, just let us play Wake Forest in the Fiesta Bowl or something. <laughs> just come on. There's there's a really good player that I liked watching <clears throat> for Notre Dame, and he doesn't really play a lot because he's injured a lot. And um, that's Kevin Austin, yeah, wide receiver. He's dude. He's that dude. He's he's a physical. He's a big physical guy. Yeah, I, I hope he can like stay healthy because I think he'd be a really like over time would be a very good wide receiver for Notre Dame. And they're gonna need him to. Uh, their other senior wide receiver Avery Davis uh, tore his ACL. Oof. Uh, run blocking. So now Notre Dame is down to, I believe, three scholarship wide receivers. Right. Um, and the, so local legend Chris Tyree, uh, they're talking about moving him outside uh, for the next few games. Okay. Um, so that could be kind of fun to watch, but that, that's just Irish esoterica. That That's our sequel podcast. We, that's, that's separate. Um, TCU 30, Baylor 28. Um, I guess Gary Parrison was holding them back after all. Classic trap game. For Baylor, um, yeah. uh, Baylor wanted to win on the ground, and TCU saw that coming from a mile away. Then, <clears throat> yeah, uh, their backup quarterback though, Chandler Morris, because I think Max Duggan's got like a broken bone in his foot. Yeah, killed it, absolutely killed it this game. I think he had the second most total offense yards in TCU history in his very first start ever. Yeah, That's saying a lot. 
He had over 500 total yards. Baylor's defense is pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, what I need Baylor to do is take the feeling of this embarrassing loss, bottle it up, and unleash this fury on Saturday against Oklahoma. I think they can, definitely. It was a very uncharacteristic game for Baylor. Uh, they had yeah. six penalties, which is like five too many usually for that team. And Gary Bohannon has seemed, seemed to be uh, on the downside right now. He's thrown like four or five picks in the last three weeks when he yeah. zero before that. So, yeah, they'll be able to turn around for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, come on. Come on, Baylor. Do it for the Bearcats. Do it for, for the, the chaos. Um, and maybe the most bizarre development of the year – Tennessee 45, Kentucky 42. Is Tennessee good? Huh? Mods? Mods? Um, um, I'm going to say, yeah. I think uh, Tennessee is a good football team right now. Um, they, I mean, who saw it coming? Nobody did. But Hendon Hooker is that dude. He is fun as hell to watch. Yeah, he is great. And I think Tennessee's in a good position. Again, I'm, I don't even really know what to do this information. Um, I like what I see from the Vols. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of <clears throat> maybe like wishful thinking about this weekend's matchup with Georgia. Um, I think because every other top team has struggled so much, people are like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to be this weekend. I, yeah. I, I don't know about that. but I think Tennessee is going to put the most points the team's put on Georgia. What, what, um, what's that, 10? 13. <laughs> I think I think they're gonna put thirteen on on Georgia. Wow. I think Georgia's kind of shown that they might struggle a little bit with a quarterback that's mobile and can you know wiggle out of pressure. And Head and Hooker is pretty damn good at doing that. Um, but <clears throat> uh, the, I don't know if you saw the time possession for this particular matchup, Tennessee Kentucky. Just insane that. You know, Tennessee held the ball for 14 minutes. It could yeah. help for almost 50 with 46, and Kentucky lost. Like, they had 35 first downs to Tennessee 17. Like, 10 out of 10 times, that team's winning with the – Right. You know, it's just, it was a weird game, man. It was – Yeah. Um, yeah, the SEC has been extremely topsy-turvy this year. Um, teams are up, teams are down. I, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. Um, this is one I added late to the run sheet. We just wanted to give a big old cereal bowls congrats to Clemson being Louisville 30-24 to get to bowl eligibility. Good for little old Clemson. You know how much we love the small programs here. Yeah. I think Davos, <laughs> maybe he's got this thing on the up and up. Watch out for them in the future. Watch out. Watch out for them boys. Death Valley with Dabo. All right, let's get to some segments. Studs and duds. I'll start. Jahan Dawson from Penn State. 11 catches, 242 yards, three touchdowns, including a long one, and a 31-14 win over Maryland. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I think I believe it's a school record. Um, and when you do that at a school like Penn State, that, that means a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, who's your Who's your stud, Patrick? Uh, UNC is running back Ty, Ty Chandler going for yeah. 22 rushes, 213, and four touchdowns. That's just whenever he, uh, the are uh, running back, Runs over 200 yards and gets four scores. That is very noteworthy. Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, my dud is Tanner Morgan and the rest of the Minnesota offense. Uh, what the hell were we doing here? Tanner Morgan was atrocious. 182 picks, 
six total points. We took that nice, shiny number 20 playoff ranking from the committee and threw it directly in the toilet. <laughs> they took a very valiant stand of Cincinnati not getting a top four and like, yeah, well, screw your rankings. Yeah, we'll see. What, yeah, I'll show how much these don't matter. Um, <laughs> that was – that was – Good. I could. I couldn't believe that six points. Yeah, and right after flex time, that huge extension too. That one had to sting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, uh, my dud good. was Bo the bitch Knicks. Um, tw- Twenty for forty-one, one fifty-three yards, one interception, and that fumble that cost the only touchdown of the game. Um, come on, dude. Like this is just the most wildly inconsistent quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he. Yeah. We just we, we talked about him, but it, it's just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to frauds. Um, I we actually have the same fraud, um, and we came with it independently. It's Mike Leach. Um, yeah, fuck you, Mike Leach. Out here calling out the kicker, real nice dude. Um, I thought we were supposed to have this crazy offense. Um, and I guess, hey, listen, they scored 45 points against Vandy. Mm. Uh, we need to bow down to this towering intellect of Mike fucking Leach. Yeah, well, shut up. yeah, well, I, I I'm kind of over Mike Leach, dude. He's just been he's just been this babbling idiot in the uh, college football world for way too long. He need he just needs to retire and get the hell out of here. Yeah, see you, dude. Um, all right, it is coach firing season. We have weirdly had coaches be not fired, uh, particularly Scott Frost at Nebraska. And in Mullen at Florida, it seems like they're letting them fire everyone else. Yeah. Um, this has actually been like the most firings overall uh, this far, this early in the season ever. I think it's really coaches have been fired so far. Yeah. It's been the most has ever been fired to this point right now. So who, who, who are you adding to that pile? <clears throat> Um, I'm putting Scott Frost on here. Um, hmm. They just recently reworked his contract, um, but I mean, co- I mean, he is he the, he should not be the coach there anymore. They're they're Nebraska is very talented, and we talked about this a little bit ago. When you are outscoring Big Ten opponents and you're one and six in the Big Ten, and you should be you should be having they should have a winning record this season, in my opinion. And he's just not getting it done. And hey. I, why Nebraska's sticking with them? The, the, you got to move on. At least not three and seven. Yeah, they made him fire all those offensive coaches and take a lower salary. It just feels like we're just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Um, I, I don't know what's going on down there. Um, me, uh, I, we talked about this guy before, but I'm firing David Shaw again. Um, Stanford got obliterated by Utah on Friday night. Mm. Um, 52 to 7. Total yards 581 to 167. Um, this was one of the most thorough ass beatings I've watched in a long time. Um, there's not really much else to say about that. Um, Utah ran for 440 yards. Whew. Almost ten yards a carry. So and so they carry the ball forty six times, ten yards a carry. So Stanford had to have known what they were doing, and they just couldn't stop it. <clears throat> God, man. And I, you know, that defensive mastermind and David Shaw is not looking so smart. Right yeah, it's a, it's about time for Stanford to get you know get a move on here. Yeah, something. I mean, how many more aspies like this are they going to take? I mean, getting handed that Oregon win, that uh, that's. 
I can't. That's not going to cut it anymore. Right. Um. All right. Week eleven preview. We've got a very good week this week. Very solid slate. Uh, I'm on, I'm on call this weekend, so it gives me a valid excuse for me to park my ass on my couch and watch college football all day. Um. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to all these matchups. Yeah, we got we got the nice balance. We're going to start off here on Thursday, mm. um, which you know tomorrow as we record. Um, probably today as you listen, we've got UNC at Pitt. Pitt is a six point favorite. This is seven thirty ESPN. Um, I all right. Let's do it this way. Where do you think this is going to be? Have more total points than UNC Wake last week? Uh, it, it definitely could. Um, this is definitely a game that I will be watching over NFL Thursday night football. Um, I'm not watching the fucking Dolphins. Come on. Yeah. No, thank you. The last nine meetings have resulted in seven points or less between the two teams. Pitt has the highest scoring offense in the country, 45 points per game. And UNC's is a little bit behind with 38 points per game. So, I mean, Sam Halver is Kenny Pickett. It's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. And, and I, I think probably the defenses are going to be more tired than the offenses coming off the short week. Yes. I'm thinking we could see this game maybe touch, maybe touch the sixties. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I would love that. Our, our friend Zach Rowland asked, is Carolina going to knock Pitt off um, and kind of continue their kind of late season resurgence here? Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to take Pitt here. Um, I, I like Kenny Pickett more and Pitt more overall than UNC, but, you know, it's going to be a shootout. So. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, I think I'm just barely going to take Pitt um, because they're at home. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I think that just gives them the slight edge. I think that game's going to be awesome, though. Oh, yeah. And I, I got to say, we need to put games like this back on Thursdays. Um, growing up, being from Virginia, obviously Tech always had those nice Thursday night games. Um, this is what we need. We, You're allowed to compete against the NFL, especially when the NFL just tries to feed you absolute garbage on Thursday nights. Don't You don't have to eat the trash, folks. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Those Thursday night games need to be coming back more often. And all right, we're moving on to Saturday afternoon, right at noon. We've got a few great games, but kicking us off, huge game of the Big Twelve, uh, despite their loss last week. Oklahoma at Baylor is only favored by six points. Um, I think this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be the Gus Johnson game. Oh yeah. So That's a reason alone for you to turn in right there. Yeah, obviously I will be starting here and then seeing where we go. Um, I guess this. I guess the big question here is, Caleb Williams hasn't quite had his freshman game yet. The Kansas yeah. game was tough, um, but can Baylor make him play like a freshman for the for four quarters? Um, <clears throat> well, I th- I think they could. They de- they definitely have the potential to. Um. Oklahoma probably has the worst passing defense in this matchup. Baylor isn't that good either, but um, I think that he might have some hiccups, Caleb Williams. Uh, they are coming off a bye, so who – I mean, they might have more preparation for this, but, I mean, I think Baylor has lost close the last – less than 10 points for like the last three games at home against Oklahoma, so they're much better than they were those matchups. So I, I could definitely see, you know, Dave Arnada – whip something up good yeah they yeah they they play them close they're just a really really solid team 
And again, Oklahoma has flirted with disaster. Shout out Molly Hatchet. Um, too often this year. And I, I think they're going to get burned if, if not. And it's either going to be here or in Bedlam. Um, and, and I kind of think it's going to be here on the road. Um, maybe they're overlooking Baylor after their loss uh, last week. I'm not sure. So I, I think I'm going to take Baylor on the points here. Yeah, I'm going to take Baylor on the points as well. Easy pick. Yeah. Um, and then elsewhere in the oh, – then we move to the SEC here. Um 3.30 CBS, game day is going down to Oxford. We got Ole Miss versus Texas A&M. A&M is about a field goal favorite right now. This is going to be a great game because it is the ultimate styles clash. A&M's got the stout defense for like to run the ball with Isaiah Spiller. And Ole Miss just likes to open that bad boy up and play a wild game. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm a little concerned about how healthy Matt Corral is these days. Yeah, um, but th- this is the first time we're gonna get the Jimbo versus Lane matchup, so that's gonna be fun. That's true. Um, yep the the last year's game was canceled, right. so uh, this is the first time these two coaches will meet. Um, but I think <clears throat> if Mississippi wants to win this game, they have to turn this game into a shootout because yeah. um, they can't play A and M's game. They can't. no, they can't play A and M's game, and Zach Calzada cannot play Ole Miss's game. Um, yeah. But, you know, Ole Miss doesn't really put the fear of God into anybody defensively, and they struggle against a run, so Isaiah Spiller could have a game. But yeah. I think I'm going to take Ole Miss here. I think if I'm DJ Durkin, um, the Reds' defensive coordinator here, yeah, I'm just – I'm putting eight in the box, um, and I'm making Calzada beat me. Yeah. I, I don't think he can do sure. it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, moving back to noon – Michigan versus Penn State. This is not a committee top 25, but we don't acknowledge those bozos. Um, this is a top 25 matchup. Uh, Michigan is only favored by a point and a half. Uh, that's gone towards them a little bit. It was basically a pick em, I think, on Monday. Um, do you think Penn State derails Michigan's uh, season? for another, Are they going to give us another hardball late season collapse here? I, I, I feel it coming. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the, the Wolverines need this one more, obviously. And it's not easy knowing that they've lost the last five of six visits to Beaver Stadium. Um, yeah. Uh, but Michigan and Penn State both have top 10 defenses. So it's gonna come, I think it's going to come down to which team generates a more consistent running game. And Penn State sucks at running. And Michigan State's a very, very good running team. It feels like this could be a classic Harbaugh kind of collapse, but I might think Michigan might be able to pull this off only to get their life ripped out of them again um, when they play Ohio State. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. to your point about who's going to be able to to move the ball more effectively against both these very stout defenses, I think I feel better about Michigan after the loss to Michigan State um, than I would have beforehand about this game because Michigan showed that they can throw the ball. Yeah. It's not all just running, 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 um, which they've kind of fallen into in the past. So I, I think if they keep that sort of aggressive, more creative offensive style, I think I like them here. Um, and sort of to your point about our last game, I wonder how healthy Sean Clifford is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes one big shot from Michigan's D-line, and they put that back up in, and we saw what happening as Iowa. Yeah. Um, 
I also am seeing here it's going to be in the low to mid 40s and raining. So this is going to be a classic Big Ten game, folks. Yeah, take the under. Take the under all the way. Yeah. Um, so that one should be pretty interesting. Um, okay. Here's the big one here. Also in the Big Ten, Purdue is at Ohio State. They are 20-point underdogs. Can they shock the world for the third time this season? Man, uh, it's <clears throat> like emotionally I want to think yes, yes, do it. They can. I mean, they've proven to be a giant killer this year two times. And the last Big Ten loss for Ohio State was Purdue in 2018. So the stars are aligning that it could happen again. I mean, Ohio State's failed to cover the last two weeks. Um, and I think Purdue is doing a very good job offensively with David Bell. But I think what it comes down to is the if the Boilermaker defense is able to stop the Buckeyes potent offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's that's what it is. Like, I, I think Purdue might be able to score a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If they, if Ohio State plays the a similar game that they played last week, they'll lose. Because um, okay. Purdue Purdue could have made them pay in ways that Nebraska couldn't. Um, that being said, it's Ohio State. They don't usually have two clunkers in a row. Um, I, I think Purdue keeps it interesting, but I, I think Ohio State pulls away at the ends. I I, th- I agree with you in the first half. I think Purdue will make it interesting, but I do think that Ohio State is not going to cover, and I do think that they're going to have another squeaky get barely by win this weekend. Yeah, I wonder if I mean we've got Oklahoma on the road. Uh, oh, you know Ohio State hosting a feisty Purdue team. Michigan's on the road. I wonder how many top ten teams we could see go down this weekend. You might, this might be low key, like on a scale of one to five on the blood alert meter. I'm I'm putting it at a three right now. Okay, um, elevated. Mm-hmm. We're we're elevated. Uh, you know, we people the the third eye seers are aware of the situation. Um, yeah. we could be seeing a lot of teams going down this weekend. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the ACC at seven thirty. We've got NC State and Wake Forest. Um, these are two good ACC teams. What that exactly is worth these days, I don't know. But I, I think this is going to be a pretty fun game. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, NC State's defense only allows 16 points a game, and Wake scores 44 a game. So this is going to be um, – we're going to see what team wants to be on top of the ACC Atlantic in this matchup. Um Last year, the Wolfpack won a shootout, forty-five to forty-two, and I think it's going to flip this year. So I'm, I'm probably going to take Wake Forest here because they have the talent over NC State. Yeah, I I am so firmly in the Sam Hartman camp at this point that I, I can't pick against him. Yep, yep, I agree uh, with you. He's just been so dynamic. Uh, so that that sort of ends our top twenty-five matchups, I think. Uh, but we've really got some good ones. Elsewhere, we have Arkansas LSU. I think that game could be pretty pretty fun. TCU Oklahoma State. That's also at night. That's that's a good one. Um, and then, of course, the ultimate sickos game of the year: Kansas at Texas. Mm. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a fun one for sure. Yeah, that. I mean, if they manage to do that one, that could be incredible. Oh my. Okay, so I'm, I'm scrolling on the ESPN scores page here. Little, little look behind the curtain. Um, I stumbled across Minnesota at Iowa. Patrick, would you like to guess what the over under is in this game? Minnesota and Iowa. Yeah. 
Over under with by your reaction, I'm gonna guess is pretty low. Uh I wanna say forty two. Nope. Thirty seven. Oh my god. That is vile. <laughs> no, no one that's a oh that's an ultimate sicko game. If you really want to torture yourself. Yeah. You know, a cheat day, you know, that's that's the game. Yeah, I'm changing my answer. And the thing is both these teams six and three were seven and two. These teams are hypothetically good. Um, and the winner will take a big step in, in trying to win the Big Ten West, but good uh, cor- Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you going to that Notre Dame-Virginia game this weekend? Uh, I thought about it, but moving it into the evening kind of threw my plans off. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's going to be a fun game, I think. Uh, I am a little worried about how fun that game is going to be. Yeah, Notre Dame's only a five-and-a-half-point favorite against unranked Virginia. So yeah, that that's a little concerning. Um, Brennan Armstrong, if he is healthy, that's very concerning as well for me. Um, he's a bit of a dual threat, and that can be an issue for Notre Dame. They they bottle up Sam Howell fairly well, but on the road, teams get up to play you uh, at night. The fans, I assume, they'll be crazy. It's UVA. How can you be sure? Um, but I, I will say I'm worried about this game. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but you know, I think Notre Dame will be fine, right? 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 Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have another classic. I'm gonna get to this game Saturday. We're gonna have another classic Virginia fan arms over the brick wall, but it's gonna be you because Virginia scored a last <laughs> second touchdown on their ass. <laughs> yeah, uh, that 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 could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to. I'm very confident. I'm extremely – I've never been more confident. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to some listener questions and get out of here. Um, but before we do that, Patrick, what is the matching situation right now? So, Ball State's beating that ass. Uh, I'm looking over here at my live feed. Uh, Ball State's up 17 to Northern Illinois 7. Okay. Um, Huge in the, in the Mac West. Um, that's you just can't get that instant analysis anywhere else. Uh, all right, listener questions from our friend Wes. It is soup season officially. Um, it's kind of weirdly warm right now, but um, this weekend's gonna be back down to sort of classic November temperatures. Anyway, he says chili chowder soup. Rank them one to three. I'm gonna let you take this one first. Because uh, you you do your little soup season, so I want to hear how you rank these. Uh, number one for me has, has got to be chili. Okay. It's, the, it's the classic for a reason. Um, the God, yeah, yeah. You can do you can get some variety going. You can do a kind of a white chicken chili. I've mm. done green uh, chicken chili before. Tons of peppers, and then the classic, you know, pot tomatoes, ground beef. Um, sit on the stove all day. You yeah. can't beat it. Little tortilla chips. Um, and then I'm going to go soup number two, just for the versatility um, and the lightness. And I, I am going to put I am going to put chowder third, but I love a damn chowder. Don't get it twisted. Um, I actually uh, agree with you on all aspects of the rankings. Chili um, mm. is the best by far. There's just nothing better than a nice simmering pot of chili. The delicate smells of the chili powder, and you know the paprika just filling up your kitchen then your entire apartment um it's great soup is also wonderful um but third i have getting hit by a bus and fourth i have chowder because i'm not a chowder fan i just i just don't like it I, I, 
Mm. I'll eat it, but I I would 100% of the time take chili and soup over chowder. Interesting. Yeah, I um, you know, I have a shellfish allergy, so I can't have like the classic clam chowder. Mm-hmm. But I've made a nice like cod chowder before, and it's nice chicken corn. You can make a nice corn chowder too, right? Yeah, especially this time of year, it, it, it can be really good. Yeah. Um, Frank Cooper, I think this is the first time uh, question asker here. He says, "How do teams like Ole Miss come out of the blue when they've been quote?" bong water forever oh yeah oh man well um good recruiting and coaching definitely helps but um Ole Miss is still kind of bong water in my opinion uh what yeah I I think it it, it's not a a very sexy answer but it's just long-term recruitment and then development and coaching so you gotta you gotta find the you gotta find the kids got to make the kids good and then you got to put them in a position to win. Um, and, you know, Kiffin coming in, Ole Miss has steadily been rising up the recruiting rankings a little bit um, after all the Hugh Freeze stuff. Uh, that's probably why their defense isn't quite there yet. Um, they're still kind of reeling from those NCAA sanctions. Um, they get the kids on campus. They put them in good positions. Um, and you just, sometimes you just get a quarterback like Matt Corral, who's, a, a stud and Kiffin knows how to use him and puts him in good positions. Right. And then you got to be a little lucky too. Um, the schedule has got to break, right. Um, you got to get some calls. I mean, that Arkansas game was insane and could have gone either way, but you know, the Reds came out on top. Um, so I, I think a season like this is what makes college football so fun. Um, and it, it's just watching teams like Ole Miss kind of go from bad to decent to very good. Yeah. Right, our last question here, staying in the SEC, um, our friend Nick asked, does South Carolina make a bowl game? And if so, which one? What bowl games you got South Carolina going to? Right now, I'm honed in on the Gasparilla Bowl. Yes, yes. Yep. I think they're going to go to the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. I think they're definitely going to make a playoff. Or, uh, sorry, they're definitely going to make a bowl game. Um, I also think they might be able to make the ticket smarter Birmingham bowl. Okay. Um, but if they're able to win out and there's some other breaks they catch, they could make the Duke's Mayo bowl. The number, you know, I'm, I'm Duke's Mayo bowl. Number one fan. Where's my personalized Mayo jar at Duke's Mayo bowl. Yeah. Um, but that would be a very solid win for, uh, Shane Beamer to even make a bowl game and hell the Duke's Mayo bowl would be a solid win. Yeah, I, I think yeah, so they're five and four right now. Um they just have to beat Missouri this weekend. Right. Basically that, that's gonna be the your easiest your easiest ticket right there. Um I mean they just blew the doors off Florida, so Missouri's yeah. way let's, worse than that. Let's talk about that. What the hell happened there? That's um man. <clears throat> I could tell you what happened there is that Dan Mullen gave the hell up. Yeah. They got I mean that was I've never seen anything like that. And I, I, I had a friend who went to the game and I said, what the hell happened? He said, I, I never in a million years would I have anticipated this. Um, it was a great win for Carolina. Um, and, you know, I wasn't very high on the Shane Beamer hire when it happened, but I don't know. They're not yeah. looking so bad right now. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, we were making fun of South Carolina for a bit there at the beginning of the season, but they've, had a quietly a pretty a much better season than was expected expected for them. Yeah, so if they beat Missouri this weekend, that's six wins. 
they're hosting Auburn. I don't know about that one. Um, and then they host Clemson. And if there's ever going to be a year to, to, to beat Clemson again, I don't know. Might be right now. Yeah. Did you say they're hosting Auburn? Yeah. That's a win. That's a win for South Carolina. Oh. Bo Nix is going to suck it up. Suck it up and uh, down there in Columbia. Wow. You heard it here first. That's a, I like that. That's how we end the show right there. That is a very bold prediction. Um, all right, folks, that is the end of the show. Um, we got a great week this week. We got a lot of very good games, a lot of ranked on ranked. I think we could see just some general November chaos. And that weather is starting to roll in uh, all across the country. We could just have some absolute slugfests in all sorts of weather, um, which I always enjoy. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> it's about that time of year. Put on your flannels, get a nice cup of hot toddy. Um, put your feet up for a little bit, wear those wool socks. You know, it's going to be a great weekend for college football. I'm very looking forward to it. Uh, we're, I mean, what about you, Ned? Yeah, I think that sounds like maybe my exact weekend plan. Mm. You, just, you sort of laid out there. Um, I see it how it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I'm looking for. I am, you know, I'd kind of been blissfully unaware of that Notre Dame UVA game, but now it's just kind of like seared in my brain and now I'm extremely worried. Upset. Upset. It would, it would fit the theme, you know, top 10 teams are falling left and right. So I guess maybe it's just our turn. Um, Yeah. I'm not feeling good about it. All right. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks for listening.